I, was, I touched on worship last week, and I felt like I had, to bring, I had to bring a little bit of balance to what I said last week, because it could have taken, if you heard what I said exclusively and you don't know me, you would have thought that I would have said that worship is only for us. <laughs> worship is not only for us, but it is very primarily, in many senses, it is, it is a something that we do. And God being self-sufficient and self-existent, and He doesn't need, quote-unquote, our worship. So I just wanted to bring, but it is a, it's a beautiful time where we do, we can extol the name. And I know it gives him great pleasure when, when we can bring our hearts to him. And then you, I've, I've quoted that verse a few times before, but Jesus said, their worship is but of their lips, their, their hearts are far from me. You know, God is the greatest worship you can bring. God is a sincere heart that's worshiping him. And, and so that's what we strive to do. You know, even when we have sound issues and even when we have things happen or whatever the case is, you know, keep your heart centered worshiping God because that's a beautiful thing to the Lord. And of course, it changes our hearts when, we're in, when, we, when we get to encourage one another in a place together, when we, when, we, when we are worshiping Him and we are praising His name and we are extolling His name and making Him great, guess what? Your problems disappear relatively as you start worshiping God. And that's a great technique. If you don't worship God at home, make sure you practice that. You should, you should try practicing turning on some worship music at home and just seeing how God can, can turn your focus where it needs to be. So it's a powerful, powerful thing, but we're not, we're not teaching on, on worship today, but um, I just wanted to touch base on that because I know that last week when I, I said that, I felt I didn't quite bring, I didn't feel like I did it to any justice over there. So, But praise God, um, I've been talking about this topic of resurrection life, and we've been just calling it life, but really, um, God has been showing me some things and, 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 and working in my heart, so I feel like I'm on this journey you know, um, we're, we're on a journey together. You know, um, we've, we're, we're, we're on this, this whole, this body of Christ is, is, a, is a community. And, and as we're serving God, we're certainly learning together and walking together. And, and we're, we're, we certainly endeavor here at Lake Haven that this isn't going to be churchianity. We, we don't want churchianity. And by that, we're not, we're not, wanna, we're not wanting to play religious games. We don't want to just show up. It's nice to come to a nice church where it feels good and you're comfortable and you've got nice seats and the people are nice. That's a bonus because not every place is like that. But that is not just the point of going to church, right? We, we're, we're, we're here to become disciples, to, to, to walk with the Lord, to learn, um, to get to know Him. To, and, 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 and so we, re, we really feel like authenticity is a mark that we strive for. We want, to, we want to be authentic in your lives, but we want you to have authentic relationship with Jesus. A life that is absolutely talking about everything that Jesus gave us, where you are walking in transformation. You know, I've got this term, and I know many people do, but different variations of it called, there's the super spiritual people. Do you know what I mean by the super spiritual people? Now allow me to describe some. They're not really spiritual, but they act spiritual. You know what I mean? There's those Christians out there, and thank God, they're my brothers and sisters, I love them, but they can be a little weird. They can be super spiritual because they're trying to look like they're all that in a bag of chips. They're all like, they, they're all that and they live above, they, they, live, they, they, they seem to get, and, and a lot of people don't really enjoy being around Christians like that. You know, and, and you know, there's this, there's that, fee that feeling like, you know, you're, you, people can be one way in church or where, whenever you get together, you're sort of expected to look a certain way, right? 
The world isn't like that. But you and I are called to be different. We are called to live authentic lives with Jesus. And, and Jesus gave us his life. And we've been, we've been pulling this apart. And, and you know, the prayer of Ephesians, and I don't want to go too long into it because I really have got a, a lot to say on this topic. And, and, I, and I don't want to crunch it up. I don't, want to, I don't want to do you the injustice of packing so much information. I know that I do that often, but it's just like, I don't want to give you so much information that, that you can't digest it and that it isn't real to you. And in Ephesians 1, uh, Paul, in that first, that first prayer of Ephesians 1, I, I didn't put it in my notes today, but, it, but he basically he, there was three things he prayed for. He prayed um, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the glory of his inheritance in the saints and his power toward us or in us who believe. And, and I said this in the, in the Amplified Classic version. It said the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. And he, he prayed that, you, that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing these things. These three things. Right? The hope of his, the, 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 the hope of his calling, um, the glory of his inheritance, not ours, the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and this immeasurable greatness surpassing power in us and through us and toward us who believe. And then he says it's the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. And, and so that same resurrection power, and, and, and as I said last week, and I've been saying, Notice he didn't say that we would go and get it. He said that we would see it, that the eyes of our heart, our, the eyes of our understanding would be opened so that we may see this that we have in Christ. Because really, that is what the journey of a being a disciple is, coming to a knowledge of what we have been given in our inheritance. You do not have to earn anything from Jesus. You, by your good works and by your, you do not earn your inher the inheritance that Jesus died to give us. We share in his inheritance that he earned on the cross. Amen. Amen. Are, you got, are you with me? You can't earn it. He has already earned it. And unfortunately, that is such a fundamental flaw so often that, that people are working to try and earn things from God. They're trying to work to, to earn God's blessing. They're trying to work to earn God's favor. They're trying to earn and, and do things to, 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 to get healed. To earn, they believe that if I have enough faith, I can buy some healing from God. And I'm not going on to the subject. Keep me back. I don't want to go into faith. I, I, faith is believing what Jesus did. Faith is standing in what Jesus did. I am in standing in his inheritance. I agree with that. I align my heart with that. That's what faith is. Faith isn't coming to God empty-handed, looking at saying, God, I don't have something. Please, won't you give it to me? And if I have enough faith, then God will shell it out from heaven and say, okay, you've been waiting so long. Here you go. If that's what you think, you're wrong. That's not what God does. That's not what faith. Faith doesn't buy anything from God. Faith believes what God has already given us. Faith receives that this is what this prayer is, that your eyes, the eyes of your heart would be open with a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you will see. <gasps> it's mine. It's already. I can't get anymore. But you know what? We live in, in the blindness of not knowing this. We live in the darkness of not knowing this. And that's what's, what, what I said Romans, um, last week in Romans 3, 23, when, he, when um, 
When it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that particular work, we often say that, you know, when, yeah, when you've sinned and you're not going to go to heaven one day and it's going to be all glorious, so you're going to miss it. No, he's not just saying that, and we, we've unpacked what the word glory is, and the word glory, yes, it's, it's, it's got doxa in Greek, it's got a lot of definitions, but it's not just shininess and, and, and all of the, these things, it's the magnitude, it's the, the awesomeness of who God is, Sure, it's, it's the awesomeness of his, the revelation of how good he is. Do you know that just one attribute of God is going to blow us away one day? Just because we're going to really see it and thought, oh, oh, oh I, I didn't think he was that good. You, you and I are going to be overwhelmed with the all of the things that we, think, that we casually just skip by and throw out these words have got, a, have got an iceberg of meaning. I mean, God <laughs> fills this universe with, I mean, there's stars that are a million times bigger than, our, than the earth. Can you imagine that? There's one star that there's a million times. This God is so awesome. There is no, there's no end to him. But, but we just don't realize these things. And so we need a revelation of it. But he says here in, in Romans 3.23, he says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You see, one of the factors about sin, sin is missing the mark, right? Missing the mark of the prize, to be exact. Harmatia. When you're aiming towards a mark and you miss it and you don't get the prize. That is what sin is. When you realize that sin is missing the mark of the prize. There is a prize to not walk in sin. There is a prize because, because yes, sin brings consequences. God is not the issuer of consequences. We've spoken about these things. If you sin and, and you, you do something that's outside of the alignment of God, it's not who He is, it's not what He is, it's not what He wants for you, you're the one that misses, misses out. He is, the, he is sad for you. He, he is not the one who issues judgment for you. Jesus took the judgment for your sin. Amen? He is the one that took all that judgment. But you miss out. You miss the mark of the prize because he's like, oh, you're going to live in under what you've been given, a lack of what you've been given because you chose, you chose in your ignorance, in me, in my ignorance, chose to live beneath what God called me to. I didn't trust him. I went ahead and made my own way. And so I'm stuck with what I, the results of it. And he tried to warn me, but there I went and did it my way. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> right? So, so, but there's no guilt and condemnation. Jesus comes and he picks us up and he's given us, he's given us his righteousness. I don't, I don't want to get into these things. I, I want you to open the, Lord, open our hearts. Amen. Open our hearts to see the greatness of these things. Because, because we're not, again, the consequence of sin is one thing, but we fall short of, of the God's view and opinion of seeing things. That's what God's glory is. God has a view and opinion, and guess what? He sees things the way it really is. You and I are limited. We'd like to think we know everything God knows, but we fall short of the glory of God. We are the ones that, and, and we are the ones that see things limitedly. Okay? You with me? So the glory of God is a powerful, powerful thing. So because, um, you know... 
and I said this last week as well from Hebrews chapter 1 in verse, um, in, sorry, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 2, he talks about the resurrection of the dead. He says these are the basic foundations and, and he talks about that word literally is the, is the singular, the resurrection of the deads. The plural of the word of dead, dead is, is plural. There is one resurrection and there are many deaths and I spoke about this in the beginning. So I was talking about these, the continuum of death. Everything that is not life is a piece of death. Sickness is a bit of death. Poverty is a little bit of death. Every piece of the continuum of, of not living in the life of God is a little bit of death. If you want to look at it as light, walking in complete light, and the further you go into the shadow, right, you experience less and less light. You walk more and more in death. So, but there is only one resurrection. It doesn't matter what trouble you are in. There is only one resurrection to learn to participate in and to find and discover. The resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus. And that's what we've been... So, so any level of darkness, any level of unbelief, any level of limiting God or of limiting myself, yourself. We get, we, there is only one single solution, and that's his view and opinion. So Colossians chapter 1, verse 25, of which uh, Paul's writing to the Colossians, he says, I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given me for you to make the word of God fully known. He says, this is my, the stewardship, to make the word of God fully known, partially, he says, I'm gonna, I'm, this is what I'm called to, to let God, so that you can be complete in the word of God. The word of God could be fulfilled and have its exact aim in you. And he says, and this is it, that the mystery hidden for ages and generations, I've got to stop right there, You've, these things are not just flowery words with one little point. Each one of them means something. The mystery, and I've discussed mystery before, it's a, it's a continuing revealing of, of God as we grow deeper into things. It's God, not, God's not hiding something from us, but, it's, but as we get to know God, it, we walk more in the light. We come more into the, we, get, we, we see in more and more. But the, this mystery, this misunderstanding that was hidden for ages and generations. Listen, guys, we are living in an age that is coming to an end. But this mystery predates this age. Multiple ages and generations, it says, right? He says, but now revealed apocalypto. It's revealed. It's, the curtain is drawn aside. It's revealed to the saints. Okay, and that's what we're talking about. But this is what, and to them, what is it revealed to the saints? To them, God chose to us. We're the saints, by the way, not Mother Teresa. So, right? Yes, maybe her too. I don't know if she's born again or not, so I don't want to exclude her. But you are a saint. If you're born again, you are a saint in God. You don't have to wait to be canonized by the Pope. So to them, God changed. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory. There we see that word again. What is the riches of the glory? Which is His view and opinion, God's way of seeing things, the only way of seeing things. The, of this same mystery, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ in you. So now, I know that's a, it's a well-known verse. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We say that so often, but what does that really mean? Christ in you. Yeah, Christ in you. I, 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 I'm telling you, there, there are things there here that if you will... Let your heart open to Jesus. You're going to see things that will radically transform your life. Yeah. 
I believe it. I promise you, I believe it. It says that Christ in you, the hope of glory. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. Do you not know all of us who, who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptizing into death, in order that just as Christ was raised, raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of, of life. So here we see he, that Jesus himself was raised from the dead by what? The glory of the Father. The Father raised him through his, through the glory, that we too are going to walk in the same newness of life, the same way. This glory, what? God's view and opinion. Goes back to what we, we're talking about in, in, in Ephesians, that we may see this, that, that, we may, that we may fully, our hearts, the eyes of our hearts may be open to understand these, these, the riches of his calling, his inheritance, and this surpassing greatness power of him working in us. Okay. That's my foundation for the series. Now we can start. Okay. I'm in for the series. <laughs> no, no. Don't worry. Don't stress. He, John chapter 1, you've heard this so well. In the beginning was the Word. Verse 1, was, the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Uh, he was in the beginning with God. All these things were made through Him and without Him not anything was made that was made. Okay, so those are famous. And you've got to... There's so much English language in even those verses, you've got to realize, okay, so Jesus is the Logos of God. He was with God. He created things. He was with Him in the beginning, and He became flesh. That same Logos that was with God in the beginning was manifested, came to earth in Jesus, right? Emptied Himself, as we've spoken about already in the series. But this is where I want to get to. So I'm assuming you've got that. Then in verse 4, in Him was life, and this life was the light of men. Now pay attention. Stay with me. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, I, I don't like the word in ESV so much here, the overcome it, even though it's one of the translations. But if you are I, in the beginning of the series, I went through this verse. If you read it in uh, the, the literal, uh, Young's literal, it says, did not, the darkness did not perceive it. In Darby's version, it says, the darkness apprehended it not. I love in the Amplified Classic, it says it, this whole word. The light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it, or put it out, uh, put it out or absorbed it, or appropriated it, and is unreceptive to it. You see? So in him, a lot of people actually miss that, miss that verse. They quote that verse wrong. They said, in him was light, and the light was the life of men. It doesn't say that. It says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. And then it says that this, there's nothing that could stop this darkness, could not apprehend it, it could not control it, it could not overcome it. It, it says overpowered it. In fact, that word, as I said before, it's to, it could not lay hold of with the mind, to, it could not perceive it, it could not comprehend it. Darkness, darkness has got no way of apprehending this life. It cannot see the light. Or from it, 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 if we walk in darkness, we are unable to lay hold of, apprehend what the light is able to do. You see this. Darkness cannot apprehend it. In fact, in John 3, verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, 
But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. And this is the judgment. Now, this, these two, like three verses have got these, this phrase, light, like five different times. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked hates the light and does not come into the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. You see, what I wanted to show you here is that darkness wants nothing to do with light. Because it says light exposes its agenda. When you bring the light of, that, that's, 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 that comes with the life of God, with the, love, with the life of Jesus, darkness wants nothing to do with it. Why? Because it reveals darkness. It reveals, sometimes we feel, and we shouldn't feel this way, we feel like we don't even want to go and play with the light because I'm going to be exposed. I'm going to be stripped naked and you're going to see me for the really bad pastor that I really am. Or whatever. We, we, we have a fear, perhaps, that we're going to see, we're going to be exposed. But, but remember, that's why we're grounded. We're grounded in the foundation of whose righteousness do we stand in? Jesus, we've been forgiven. He has paid the full penalty. So, yeah. so we know this. We get our hearts persuaded of these foundational, these foundations of, of the faith that, that we are grounded in, right? So you can always go back and say, thank God I am the righteousness of Jesus. That I have the righteousness of, of Jesus. Because you see, if you don't, if, if you don't think you're the righteousness of God, of God, guess what? You're not going to pursue the light. You're not going to want to walk in the light. Amen. 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 I'm not talking, you're going to see here, I'm not talking about actions out there. I'm talking about an internal experience in here that's going to have external, uh, that's going to have external consequences, right? So, but, but so, so one thing in this, you see in, in 1 John, it says that Jesus in him, in who? In Jesus was the life and this life was the light of men. So we see that Jesus possessed life. He was a possessor of this life. But not only this, very famous scripture, John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except from, through me. If you had known me, here's that word again, if you had known me, gnosko, intimately known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. But here you see that Jesus not only possessed life, he was life. He was life, okay? Hold, hold on, stick with me. John 5, 26. For as the Father has life, listen to this. For as Father has life in Himself, so has He granted the Son also to have life in Himself. So this is the life the Father had. You want to know how Jesus, the man, Jesus of Nazareth, anointed by Jesus. Remember, we've spoken about that. He was Jesus, the human I mean, I say that very cautiously. Jesus, who had emptied himself of his divinity, Jesus of Nazareth, who came to earth. We see this. The Father has life. The life that God has, he gave and he put in Jesus. That's why Jesus could say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? But then wait. Drop down. Uh, or go. Actually, precede that. Verse 21. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life... So also the Son gives life 
to whom he will. So not only, we see this, Jesus not only possessed life and was life, he's a distributor. Jesus is a distributor of life. So then that makes John 10.10. 10. John 10.10 10 forever, forever has been used again as a, as a, as a uh, sort of a salvation message. I mean, we could all, bunches of us could quote it off the off by, but it says, the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's Jesus' purpose. He didn't come so that I came that they can, when they die one day, can go to heaven. <laughs> Nervous pause. He, didn't, he, he said, I came that you can have life. When you have life, one of the side effects are going to be, yes, you're going to go to heaven. But it's not the purpose. The purpose wasn't just one day in the sweet by and by. You see, we have so limited that we have been taught this thing that, oh, if you just accept Jesus, one day you will go to heaven. That's how it's been preached. Like that's the whole entity. Are you going to go? I mean, that's how people and evangelists have said it for so long. Are you, do you know where you're going to go to? Heaven or hell? Well, if you just save Jesus, you can go to heaven. And it's like the whole thing is about heaven. No. I've gone through, if you go and listen to this series, if you go back to message number two, I think it was, or number three, I said to you, I, I read a whole bunch of scriptures where it talks about this. I came that you can have life. Amen. And like Paul said to Timothy, take hold of that which is truly life. There is this, this, this object that is called life that we have sort of not seen. We've not appropriated it because we've just thought, oh, well, you know what? I'll just, I'll just live my life. I'll just kind of do whatever I need to do, get by here. And then, phew, one day when they're at my funeral, I mean, or somebody else's funeral that I know, you know, whatever, then, phew, I can know that they went to heaven because that's all we've thought of it. No, 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 no. We've been given... <laughs> given life okay so you ready to unpack a bit of this more of this life okay i hope you are because i am john 17 20. john 17 is a powerful chapter when jesus has finished speaking about the holy spirit and everything and he's talking at the last supper and then he he, he prays for us and right in verse 20 to 26 this is such an immensely powerful passage he says i do not ask for these also but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may all be one just as you father are in me and i in you may they be in us now i'm telling you this is a mind tilt scripture again that they may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me you see, the world is going to know that, we, that Jesus was sent when we know, start that, that they may be in us. Just as, oh, Father, you are in me, I in you, may they be in us. This is his prayer, right? right. Uh, so, uh, that the world may believe that he sent him. Verse, verse 22, the glory, there's that word again, the glory that you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. Hold on a second, hold on a second, Jesus. What? <laughs> That they may be one just as God and Jesus are one. What is the difference between God and Jesus? Do you, do you guys know? I mean, that's pretty... They are unity, the triune God, the Elohim, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he's saying that they, 
These guys, you, me, we, they may be one just as we are one. Plural. Wait, 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 wait. We even got to the end of that. It's like they may be one. Then he says, I in them and you in me. Now Jesus is saying, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfectly one, that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. And then he says, um, I mean, I, I, I'm just hesitating to carry on here because there's so much I, want to, I don't want to get lost in details here. If we drop down to verse 26, I made known to them your name, I will continue to make it known that the love which, which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So that you see that he says this, he says that they would be one with us and the glory that you gave me I have given them so that they may be one just as we are one. So we, are un we become this united with God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. The same, this union, right? This union of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and us. What? Hallelujah. Dare we believe this, right? Come on, this, is, this is the, God put everything into Jesus. We see that this life that I've sent. Now I'm, I'm trying to, then he says this, uh, that, what, that I in them and you in me, that they would become perfectly one. Now, there is this line that we kind of have to draw because we all know it none of us are jesus obviously right none of us are jesus but we are very very close there is this inseparable union that god tried to talk to us and explain to us in so many ways this unification when he says this in john 15 uh, verse uh, in verse, let's look at four uh, and five. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can bear nothing. So you've got this whole vine and branches. Have you, have you ever seen a look to the grapevine? Do you know where the, where, the, where, where the vine is and where the branches start? It's tricky because you just see a stem coming up here and it's just vines. And he says, we are the vines and the branches. He says, we can't. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. What? What flows through Jesus' life flows in us. You see, in that great exchange, we'll get to in time again to look at, but Jesus took my sin, I got his righteousness. He took my lack, I got his abundance. He took my anxiety, I, I got his peace. He took my addiction, I got his self-control. He took my fear, I got his faith. He took my death, I got his life. It's the, listen to this. God gave us examples, so many of them, and then he talks about marriage. Marriage is supposed to be this, this, this thing that we celebrate that's one of the closest things to try and describe this in a man and a wife. That the two would be one. Let's, let's listen to this. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 30. Because um, we are members of his body, therefore man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Right? And then verse 32. 
This mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. What? That the two would become one flesh. And then he says, oh, by the way, I'm talking about Christ and the church. That it, Jesus, he, we are his bride. We know that in the ultimately, but we feel like we're this, this other part that's down there on earth. And then the one day, sweet by and by, we're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb, go to heaven. And then there, yeah, we're going to be. No, no. When you were born again, you were included. You're part of the vine. You're, there's this inseparable union. Okay, so in, in, if you go and look in, um, uh, I've got 1 Corinthians 6.17 amplified. But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. What? Guys, I didn't write this. Remember, I, I, I spoke about this in, I said this at the beginning. We've got to realize God has exalted his word above his name. So we pay attention to his word, right? The person who is united to the Lord becomes one. How many times? Not two. Uno. One. It doesn't say just like husband and wife become one flesh. It says that two, united with becomes one spirit. And then I think it, I wrote another version of here, ESV. It says joined to the Lord becomes one. When you are joined to the Lord, you become one spirit. Guys, I know this is a mind tilt, but I know your hearts are listening if you've opened your heart to it. That's why in 1 John 4, 17, he can say, because as he is, so are we in this world. If we dare believe it. But you see, because we've got our minds clouded with sin, yeah. and we believe our traditions, we believe our religion, we look at our faults, our failures, our track record, particularly our track record. I failed, I failed, I failed, I failed, I failed, I failed, I failed. So guess what? I have a view and opinion of me. But I'm not, I have got no idea what the glory, his view and opinion of me is. When my heart gets enlightened, I say, hold on a second. I want to adopt his view and opinion of me. As I adopt his view and opinion of me, and that, I, allow, I allow that peace to flow in my life. And that's what we're, we're heading towards. So you know where we're going with this. So listen to this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. Man, there's a lot of philosophy in churches today, sadly. There's a lot of just talk and mind wisdom and mental gymnastics. And Lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. Now listen to this. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Right? All the fullness. In who? In who? In Jesus, right? In Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But we're not done yet. And verse 10. And you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. So let's reverse that. 
Who is the head? The guy that's on top of the pile, people. Head over all. The principality and power. Guess what? You are complete in him. But you know what? We immediately think. We say this in our hearts. Uh Uh-uh. Not me. Or we get super spiritual and we say with our heads. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Right? Yeah. So we are like him. And there's so many things that that we can get on. But you know, (laughs) I'll get that on that next week. There's this other lie that I'm going to finish off here and and try and come to an end as soon as I can. Because in John, I I know what, please. Yeah, I'm just going to say. (laughs) I'm going to just read this. John... 3 verse 34 for he is sent by God he speaks God's word God gives him the spirit without limit or without measure right and the father loves his son and has put everything into his hands now that scripture has been taught forever Jesus had the spirit without limit but you well you have the spirit with limit no One. It is a religious lie that I was taught, maybe you weren't, that Jesus had the spirit with limit. No. There is nothing lacking in you. There's this, there's this, there's this absolute, yeah, that's all I can say. There, there's this absolute lie. You have the spirit without measure. Why? Because Jesus is one. We are one with him. Amen. Now, that should be done dramatically, and that would make more <laughs> impressive things, but, but the truth is dramatic. I have the Spirit without measure. You have the Spirit without measure. Why? Because we are one. John 17, right? You see, you know what religion, I, I, I wrote a couple of scriptures down here. Um, Religion does this too, and, and Proverbs writes this about, uh, uh, it says in the King James verse uh, 1927, Proverbs 1927, cease my son to hear instruction that causes you to err from the words of knowledge. There, there's a few ways of understanding that. It says like, uh, my son, Darby says, cease my son to hear instruction which causes you to stray from the words of knowledge. The, the uh, CSB uh, says, if you stop listening to correction, my son, you will stray from the words of knowledge. There, but you, there's, there's a couple of versions if you, if you look at, but the, the basic principle in all of these things is, guys, stop listening to words that lead you astray. You, if you've, if you've learned, listened to me for very long and we go into the parable of the sower, I will say to you, so often in the parable, we, we just think that giving us more seed, listen, you confuse yourself with listening too much to too much stuff. You think you're spiritual because you listened to 20 sermons this week. I, I say this cautiously. Because you have got to learn to understand how to digest what you heard. You've got to be able to plant the seed, water the seed, and assimilate what you have. You've got to know how to weed it for it to bear fruit in your hearts and lives. 
And so I just say that because you've got to be able to be very distinguishing because there's other scriptures that say don't plant two kinds of seed in the same furrow. Don't, don't keep planting seed like this. And I mean, it says break up the fellow ground. Don't, you're just, so there's all just, I, 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 wisdom. Don't confuse <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Don't confuse yourself. I'm not, you've, you, you've got to, it's so easy if you don't get a consistent message that you're exposing yourself to. You remember, we've said it so often, God, you have to guard your heart from what you're listening to. But I digress, that I'm, that I'm not going to, that, that, that's not where I want to, to go into. Um, yeah, um, you know, Jesus said this scripture, I'm just going to wrap it up here. Um, in John 5 verse 38 in the CSB version it says actually I'm going to start at verse 39 of John chapter 5 he says you pour over the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them and yet they are the ones that testify they testified about me but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life ESV you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and they bear witness about me. But you refuse to come to me that you may have life. You see, I, I want you to see that. We don't, we don't worship the information. The, the information of the word of God, however you're getting it, is information. Like I said, the, the Pharisees, guys, the Pharisees were diligent studiers. They knew the Bible back and backwards and forwards. They said that you think you have life because you've studied the scripture. You think that you're going to get life from the scriptures. No, you get life from me. The scriptures, those ones take you to me. Do you see that? They are the ones that take you to me. We can only, when we, Jesus said, I may have that you may have life and life more abundantly, right? So this is what we have. In John, in John 6, verse 63, it says, It's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no avail. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. We, when John starts and, and he says, I, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. Jesus has life for us. We have to let the scriptures direct us into a personal relationship yes. with Him. Amen. It's only in that experience with Jesus in your heart. And listen, there's no magic prayer that somebody could pray for you and say, you know, if I put my hands on you, you're going to have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's like saying, I can pray for you to get married, and yes, you'd have to find it, but I can't, I can't make you married right now. You, you know what I'm saying? If you want to have a relationship with Jesus, you've got to use the scripture, and you've got to get an information, and you've got to come into a knowledge of what you have. And that's what Paul was writing to the Ephesians. He was saying, listen, you, you, you got, even those who, who have received Jesus, May you see, may you come into 
the experience, the, the understanding. May your heart be opened to the understanding of what we have been given in Christ. In Christ, we've been given His life. We have His life. That's why we're going to do the things He did and even greater. That's why in this world, we are like Him. But the decision for you, like today, if you're not born again, is absolutely get born again. But if you've been born again, what is your choice? What is it, what is it that you're going to walk into? Will you pursue, a, will you pursue will you, not just information, people. Will you pursue Him? Will you let the light of what, he's in for, what has been given, will you let it lead you to Him? Let His words, let His Spirit be Spirit and life to you. So, so next week, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up here because what I want to do next week is I want to, I want to help how, how, can I, how can I practically do that? How can I, how can I, can I put that together, these things that I'm saying? And I want to try and give you some pointers how to help you see that. Amen. Some exercises that we can do to do that, to see ourselves in Christ. Because again, information, you hear it, information today. But it's the Spirit of God that has to take the words and make them life to you. But you have to be willing to. Amen? Amen. So the question is, are you? Yes. That's, that's a decision you have to make for yourself. Because I believe that if you let the light of, his in, the light of the, this knowledge, this intimate knowledge, as you've heard me say in other weeks, this epigenosco, this intimate knowledge of Him come into your heart, it's going to revolutionize your life and your walk with Jesus. But I'm telling you, understanding this union with Him is a key. And it's something that you can unpack and Jesus will take you on a personal journey with in understanding that you are one with Him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that He is the great teacher of the church. And so Holy Spirit, we just open our hearts to what you're doing in, our, in us Thank you for life, that you came to give us life abundantly. And Father, we don't even know what we don't know. But one thing we know is that we're on a journey and we're willing to learn. We're willing to discover. And I invite you just to join your heart with me. That's an agreement in your heart. I'm telling you what just you say in your heart, you just say the amen. All God's benefits, every promise that Jesus was given is yes and amen. It's a done deal. We should and we can walk in abundant life. can walk in the hope of His calling, the glory of His inheritance, and insurmountable power, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and flow in you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for ministering to lives.
and hearts today. Thank you for life, Lord. Thank you for life. Thank you for life. Thank you for life. Thank you, Father. Thank you for life. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, it's hard to conclude a time like this where it's so easy just to switch ourselves off and think about the next step and rush out the door. And I, I want to encourage you, just, just say to the Holy Spirit now, Lord, continue this work in my heart. Will the seed that has been scattered on your heart today find depth? Will you water it? Because I promise you that when you walk out, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, will want to shove that seed off your heart as quickly as it was laid on, if not quicker. But I promise you that if you, give, if you give Jesus and the Holy Spirit, not for Shannon's words, but you find and just say, Lord, help your word. I want your word. I give your word my heart. Allow it to grow in there. Watch. I promise you, you can date it. You can go back through this series. You can listen to these messages again and again. Write down the scriptures. Let the Holy Spirit teach you from the scripture directly and see what he does in your life. I'm telling you, darkness in your life is going to disappear. You won't even be addressing darkness. You won't be addressing sickness. You won't be addressing addiction. You won't be addressing pain. You won't be addressing emotional issues. If you pursue this that, I'm, that God is saying to you, I promise you, that these things are going to be not there because you're going to be walking in more and more light and life as you let him guide you and lead you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for these, these works. And if you're, if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus, I'm telling you, you, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You just need to call out with your heart with a sincere prayer if you're watching online and you just say Jesus I need your salvation I need your life if that's the prayer of your heart Jesus will meet you right there I promise you he sees every heart he is the one pursuing you you do not have to pursue him he is the one that has loved you since time immemorial and still loves you and loves you still no matter what you've done let him rush upon you in his love change you and if that's your prayer, then you just need to, I mean, you can contact the prayer line or come and see one of our prayer counselors so we can help you grow. You can help you grow in that. We, as you know, our prayer ministers are awesome and they're so well 
they're so well trained to, to really agree with you in prayer. And so, listen, what did you have? And by the way, they, they hear before services too. So you, don't, you can come early. You're allowed to come to church early. I promise you, you, don't, you can. You can come and you can talk to one of them. And one of us, any one of us, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. T, is there anything?